I don't know if, if you're this way or not, but when I'm home and someone knocks on our front door, my wife and kids and I, we have a bunch of different responses based upon a bunch of different factors. So here's what I mean. Saturday afternoon, um, we hear that knock, and my kids are like Pavlov's dog. You know, they put their shoes on, they go and grab their jackets if it's winter, because 99 out of 100 times, that Saturday afternoon knock is a neighborhood kids wanting to play, right? And so that Saturday afternoon knock is, is welcome. You know, we swing the door wide open, and we send our kids, get out of our hair, go outside and play, right? And, and so, you know, th- there's a knock that, that is expected, and it's welcome. But there are also times where the, the unexpected knock comes. And maybe you relate to this, that there are times where you're not expecting someone to show up, and they do. And so I remember um, several months ago, it was pretty late at night. My kids were already in bed asleep, and my wife and I were sitting on the couch and um, about to go to bed. I think she was kissing on me or something. I don't exactly remember what's happening. But, <laughs> but we, we hear this knock on the door. And I don't know if you've ever gotten a knock on the door late at night where you're like, I know that's not Amazon. Like, it's too late for them. Like, and, and you're just kind of like, you know, it's, it's un, a bit unsettling. And so I remember looking over and, and seeing, and you could just see shadows walking around, and my heart starts beating. And I'm like, okay, I've been preparing for this. I've been doing 25 push-ups a day for a long time. I can defend my family, feel good about my chances. And, and so I do that thing that we all do when, you know, you don't have a peephole in your door. You go to a different window, to a different blind, and just barely lift it up so you can see. And, and so I look over, and, and it's Dave, you know, one of our pastors here, and his son, Micah. And, and you know, I'm like, what are you guys doing here? They're like, well, we were out in Mount Juliet hanging out. We thought we'd come and wake everybody up and scare y'all. And, 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 and it was just this funny moment. We're like, hey, come in. And, and, and it was the unexpected but welcome. There are also the knocks, and you guys know this as well. It's the unexpected and you don't want them, right? It's, it's someone knocks and you look through the blind. And you're like, dang it, it's that door-to-door salesman. Or dang it, it's my in-laws, right? Just kidding. And, <laughs> and you're like, I, I don't. Just kidding. I love my in-laws. That's a joke for you. And, and so, you know, you, you, open the, you, you, you open the blind and you're like, there's no way I'm opening that door. Like, they are not coming to this house. And last time I let a door-to-door salesman in here, they stood for two hours and I could not get them to leave. And, and so we all have those, those moments, right? That the difference, differences in knocks. And, and I love the, the picture that Jesus paints of himself in, in Revelation chapter three. Of, and, and I want you to just imagine this. Your house is, is, or your heart and your life is like a house. And Jesus is at the front door and he's just knocking. And, and because Jesus is a gentleman, he's not gonna kick down the door. He's not gonna bust his way into your life. He's not gonna force himself into your life if you don't want him. No, he stands and he's knocking. And I love this picture because I really believe this about literally every single person here, every single person that is alive on the planet, that Jesus is knocking on the door and saying, I want in your life. And my guess is that image of Jesus really hits us all differently. You know, for some, this, this season of, of prayer and fasting, and maybe even beyond this season of prayer and fasting, man, it has just really stirred a deep expectation and excitement for Jesus. If you're being honest, you come here this morning, you're like, I love Jesus, I want Jesus. You, were, you, you came into this season waiting on him and expecting him, and now you're experiencing him. And so for some of you, that image of Jesus knocking on the door, you're like, yeah, come in. Like, I want more of you, Jesus. For some of you, you kind of came into this season. Maybe you came into this new year, and, and if you're just being honest, you didn't expect much from God. 
you know, 2022 and maybe even beyond that, you weren't super locked into God, you weren't locked into his heart, and so you came into this year and you're like, man, I'm just, I'll give this faith thing a try, but I'm not expecting much, and you've just been blown away like the unexpected knock on the door where someone you love comes in, and, and you've just kind of found this renewed vigor for Jesus. You came into this fast this season not expecting it, and you got something way more than you anticipated. Some of you come into this season, and if you're being really honest, you feel like you've been waiting at the door for Jesus to show up, ready to welcome him in. You've been praying prayers. You've been interceding. You've been praying for your kids. You've been praying for your friends and your neighbors. You've been praying for, for healing in your own body and the friends of yours that are, are suffering right now, and, and Jesus hasn't shown up. And some of you, you feel that image of Jesus showing up. And you're like, man, that's not been my experience this month. And some of you... For a host of reasons, you're like, you're like me where you see the blind and you're like, they're not coming in. Or you, or you have felt Jesus really trying to, to awaken you to come back into your life. And for a host of reasons, you're, you're not letting him in. And what I want to do this morning is just for a few minutes to give us a little historical context for the city of Laodicea. And the second thing I want us to do is I really want us to hear and to receive some really challenging words that Jesus has for them and maybe for, for some of us this morning. And the third thing I want us to do is I really want to invite us into a place of responding to Jesus, to hear whatever it is that he is calling us to do. And so let's jump into to verse 14 as we just look at a little context here. And so Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other because you're lukewarm. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I've acquired wealth and I don't need a thing, but you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And so Jesus is speaking to the ancient city of, of Laodicea. Laodicea was in what is now Western Turkey. Um, and we've been studying the past, this is a seventh week, where we've been looking at different churches, and the letters were literally just written, written there you go, written in order for the postal route of the day, and, and we get to the last letter that Jesus wanted to send a letter to, and so it's the city of, of Laodicea. Now, here's what's interesting. Laodicea, there were other towns around besides just the seven cities that were, letters were written to, and for whatever reason, Jesus didn't want to send a letter to the other cities, but um, north of of Laodicea was a city called Hierapolis. And Hierapolis um, was a few miles north and there was a city east of it, Colossae. And, and both of these cities had unique water sources. Here's what I mean. The city of Hierapolis was known for having hot natural healing or hot, hot natural springs. And the water there was so often used for medicinal purposes. That's what Hierapolis was known for. East of Laodicea was the city of Colossae. And it's the same Colossae that we have in our Bible, the letter to the Colossians. And that city was known for not having hot, healing water, but for having really cold, refreshing water. Water would be brought into the city of Laodicea via aqueducts. And by the time it made it to Laodicea, it was no longer hot like it was in Hierapolis and no longer cold like it was in Colossae. It was lukewarm. A few other important facts about Laodicea. It was a city that was known for its extravagant wealth. Look at this quote. It's by this, the Roman historian Tacitus. This is what he writes. Uh, one of the most famous cities of Asia, Laodicea, was in that same year overthrown by an earthquake and without any relief from us, recovered itself by its own resources. 
So you think about how wealthy a city would be, a natural disaster hits, and the Roman Empire is not even needed, just independently incredibly wealthy. They were wealthy because of several reasons. It was a manufacturing hub. They were known for exporting black wool all over the ancient world. Um, They were wealthy because there was a famous medical center there that had invented and exported a powder that was called Phrygian powder that was used as an eye salve. And it was this famous judicial hub. It's where court was held. These details are important because the things that Jesus says to the church about himself and about the church would have deeply resonated with us. Or not with us, with them. These details would have resonated with them deeply. And so Jesus, you know, I love this. He shows up and he calls himself the amen. Amen is, is a word that's often used to, at the end to, to declare a solemn statement in order to guarantee its truth. And I love this. Jesus shows up in a town where, where court was held and where witnesses were called. And he says, and I'm the, I'm the amen and I'm the true and the faithful witness. Think about how that much that would have resonated with him. He says, I'm the witness. I've been watching the church at Laodicea. I see everything that's going on in your church. And you need to to understand that the things that I'm about to tell you are absolutely true, regardless of how you feel or not. He says, and I've got some words for you. Let's look at these challenging words. You know, Jesus looks at this church and, and he says, you are like the water. You're just like the water. You're lukewarm. He says, guys, I'm, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I see your deeds. And, 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 and your deeds are, are, are towards other people are not like the healing springs. There's nothing about your life that is, is healing, is helping anybody else. Your life is not hot and your life is not cold. That, that you're, you're not, your deeds are not refreshing anybody like a cold glass of water does on a hot day. He says, I look at your life and what I see is a, is a self-focused life. You're not benefiting anyone around you. And I love this because Jesus, he says that the, the, the fruit, the thing that's on the surface is that you're lukewarm. He said, but he always cares so much more about going to the root of things. And so he says the the real issue here is not that you're lukewarm. The real issue is that, is that you don't want me in your life. The real issue is that you don't think you need me in your life. Listen to what he says in verse 17. These are some hard words. He says, you say, and how many of us say this today? I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. But. Jesus says, you do not realize that you are wretched. You're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. And, and, and this week, I was, just, I was stirred by this. Man, wealth has this way, not always, but oftentimes, of distracting us and deceiving us. So often what happens is, is that we get to this point where, where we have what we need and more. And in that place, if we are not careful, what happens is that we forget God. We forget that we need God. I mean, this just so resonates in our city, the, you know, one of the healthcare hubs in the, in the West. And you think about this, the city of Nashville, healthcare all around us, the, the best providers you can imagine. And I go, how many of us, we, man, we're, we're healthy 
We have access to great health care if we get sick. Man, there's, there's so much food around us. There's so much entertainment around us. There are different things that we can do every night of the week. Man, we have friends. We have homes. We've got our travel plans lined up. We've got money in the bank. Our investment property is doing well. Your Roth RA is doing well. We are just absolutely crushing it all around. And so often what happens is, man, when, when life is good, what we can do is we can insulate ourselves from pain and ignore it in ourselves and in others. We can spend our lives trying to find meaning and purpose in our careers, in our relationships, in our wealth, in our accomplishments. And the reality is that we can go a long time being distracted by stuff, even deceiving ourselves that we have all that we need. I love this quote. It says that, that for many of us, we are okay with the kingdom and not the king. And in the midst of us, man, loving the kingdom, Jesus knocks. And I love this about Jesus because he cares too much about us to let us give our lives to anything that will ultimately disappoint us without saying something. I remember when I was in high school, there was this girl that I wanted to date and I knew I shouldn't have dated her. Like our, our lives, she was just, you know, we were pursuing two different things. I was following the Lord, wanting to go into ministry, very different values and morals. And she was just living a, a very different life. And I remember I started like, we started talking on the phone and I'd come in and I'd tell my mom and she's, I'm like, you know, who, she, who are you talking to? And I'd tell her, she's like, that's not, no, you don't need to do that. My youth pastor, tell me the same thing. I had teachers at school telling me that. Don't do it. And, and I didn't, thankfully. And, and, I, and I love this because Jesus, man, he looks, at, he looks at us and I go, man, how many of us this month, you have felt conviction? Maybe even this morning or, man, that you have felt Jesus knocking on the door of your heart, inviting you to make a change. And for some of you, it's, you felt convicted over the way that you've been dating the way that you've been treating your spouse or your kids, and the amount of time you give to your hobbies. And for some of you, he's inviting you to evaluate how, you, how you're spending your wealth. He's inviting you to, to, to evaluate how much, how much of your heart you're actually giving to Jesus, and your heart always reflects in your time. I don't know what Jesus has been convicting you of this month. I don't know how he's knocking on, on the door of your heart, but he shows up always because he doesn't want us to build our house on sand. He doesn't want us to get to the very end of our lives and like thinking that making a name for ourselves or you know, having these degrees or making this much money or having this much to pass on to our kids. He's like, no, you're... You've lost sight of the purpose of your life. And I want us to see this. He has some challenging words, but in his challenge, he is always calling to us. So listen to this. He's, he's calling to the church in Laodicea. He's calling to us in verse 18. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. 
and clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Listen to this. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I'll eat with that person and they with me. Guys, it's so important that we hear this. Jesus comes to this church and he comes to us when we're distracted, when we're deceived, when we're in the middle of potentially just building our house on the sand. Jesus comes to us when we're far from him. It's so important that we see this, that this church, this lukewarm church, he meets them where they are. And he meets you where you are. He sees this morning. He sees you. And he says, I counsel you to, to buy gold that's been refined by the fire. Buy that for me. And, and, I, and I love this word picture. They would have spent so much of their life literally chasing gold that would then have to be refined to be worth. And he says, I've got the best stuff for you. And, and he's not talking about physical money or gold. He's, what he's saying is that I want you to invest your life in the thing that won't ultimately let you down. What he's saying is, come to me. That's what he's saying. Get gold for me. Come, come to me. Commit your life to me. Recommit your life to me. Let me be the primary focus of your life. Don't let it be amassing wealth. Let it be living your life with me and for me. Jesus says, get white clothes to wear to cover your nakedness. And in a world, right, where, where they were known for exporting black wool, I love the contrast there. He says, hey, don't chase the things that, that are, are making you wealthy here. I've got, I've got better clothing for it. He's not talking about physical clothing. What he's talking about is forgiveness and righteousness. He says, I long to, to, to give you the forgiveness to cover the places you're ashamed of. I go, literally every single one of us in this room, we have things that we are ashamed of. Man, things that, that if you could go back and redo, you go, man, I would, I would do that differently. I would treat that person differently. I would make a different decision. I would, I would go back and do things. And I love what Jesus says. He, he says, I have come to forgive the things that you're ashamed of. So that as far as it goes between you and the Father, there's nothing there. Clean slate, forgiven, debt canceled. He says, and I've come to give you white clothes. I've come to give you righteousness. This is a beautiful picture of, the, of right standing with God, right relationship. It means that in Jesus, through faith in Jesus, through following Jesus, man, that because of Jesus, when the Father looks at us, he looks at someone that he will reward forever and ever, that we will reign with Christ in the next life. We didn't earn that. We get to live with freedom in this life. We get to live in confidence in this life that when Christ returns or when we die, whichever of those comes first, that, that we know that we are secured, that we will live with Christ forever and ever. Jesus says, I long to give you these clothes. And he says, and I've longed to give you the salve for your eyes. And, and I think this is so beautiful because how many of us this morning, we've been looking at the wrong things, our vision have been blurried. We've, we've taken our eyes off the prize, off of Jesus. And he says, I want to give you salve that actually helps you see again. And I go, how many of us this morning go, man, I want to see again. 
I've been so fixed on money and retirement and relationship that I've, man, I've lost sight of it. And he says, there's good news. I've got Sal for you. And I love the way that Jesus ends. He says, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And anyone who will let me in, I'll gladly come. The creator. Man, the the savior of the world, the one who literally got up on Calvary's cross, stretched out, nails through the hands, nails through the feet, spear in the side, crown of thorn on the head, suffered and died, risen from the dead, never again to be defeated at death. That Jesus, that every single one of us will meet one day, he's going to return on the clouds, we will see him, we'll stand before him, and this Jesus is knocking, saying, hey, your life can have extravagant purpose and joy. That's not tied to your wealth or your career or how many people know your name, how, how famous you are. You can walk through this life with such joy and peace and purpose. You can know me. Like your friends know me, you can know me. Know that I speak and that I, and that I heal and that I'm attentive to you. My eyes are on you and I love you. You can know me. And I'm going to knock, but I'm not going to let myself in. You've got to let me in. You've got to invite me in. I do not go where I'm not wanted. I do not go where I'm not welcome. Here in just a minute... Man, I'm going to invite us to respond to that. To respond to that invitation from Jesus. You know, for some of you, this looks like baptism. For some of you, you know, Jesus is knocking and you've never given your life to Jesus in baptism. You've never surrendered. You've never received the fullness of his gift, the fullness of the spirit. And so this morning, some of you, you're gonna go down into the water. You're gonna be united with Jesus in his death as you die to yourself and you're gonna come up a new person filled with the spirit, forgiven of your sin. This morning, we have clothes of every size in the back. We have changing rooms set up and ready to go. We have so many towels. We've got warm water for you. It's a nice little hot tub up here. (laughs) We can FaceTime your family and friends. And my encouragement to you is if Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart saying, hey, I want to come in for the first time. And you know in your head that you believe in Jesus and you want to declare, man, you want to live your life for him. You want to receive from him the fullness of what he longs to give. I invite you here in just a minute. We're going to stand. We're going to worship. You can go to my right. And there'll be some people in red shirts. We'll receive you. We'll kind of walk you through everything you need to know this morning. Any questions you have, we would love to to walk with you, celebrate you as you get baptized. For some of you, you're going to get baptized this morning. For some of you, man, maybe this this season or maybe this morning, the Lord has, has revealed that you've been lukewarm. But you want to change that you're not content being lukewarm. And I encourage you to, to go to my left over the respond banner. There'll be some men and women to pray with you. And I just encourage you to go, you know what? Hey, I've, I've been lukewarm. 
I'm taking my eyes off of Jesus and I'm not content. And or if, if you don't want to go to respond, man, I encourage you to circle chairs up. We're going to take communion and, and you can just share that with the people around you. Have the, the faith and courage to share that. For others of you, man, the Lord has, has, he was knocking on the door of your heart and you let him in and you are just walking in this, this anointing, this deep place of fellowship and love for Jesus. And I encourage you during communion just to thank him. Ask him during communion, God, will you keep this fire burning? Would you let this fire spread to, to my family and my friends that don't yet know you, Jesus? For some of you this morning, you, you come here this morning and, and you felt like God hasn't answered your prayers. You're still waiting for him to show up. And I encourage you this morning, don't give up. Just because awaken ends today, it doesn't mean your life, your prayer life and persistence should. I mean, this is a lesson that we've been learning the past seven weeks. Things are not always as they appear. And just because your prayers aren't being answered, it doesn't mean that God's not listening. There is more going on than we can see. I love this really cool picture at the end of the book of Daniel. We're going to get there this summer. Um, but it's, it, it says, hey, Daniel, you started praying, and it took me 21 days to get to you. I was in battle. And I go, guys, when you're praying things that are right in line with the heart of God, when you're praying for salvation for your family and friends, when you're praying for, for heaven to come to earth, when your heart is aligned with Jesus and you're praying for him and you're not getting the answers, keep praying. You don't know what's going on. Just because you're knocking and, 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 and you don't feel like Jesus is knocking back, man, I tell you, the wait is worth it. You ever waited for something for a long time? <laughs> Man, you start, you start asking for a Christmas gift. As a kid, I remember doing this. Who am I kidding? As an adult, I've done this, where you start asking for something this summer, and then you wait for it, you wait for it, and then Christmas morning rolls around, and it's, it's worth the wait. Keep waiting. I love Jesus says, to those who are victorious, I'll give the right to sit on my throne. And don't think of, you know, I don't know what kind of throne you think about. It's not a single person throne. It's more of a couch is a picture that he's describing here. Victory implies battle. It implies struggle. He says to the one who's victorious, you'll sit with me. And who wants to sit with Jesus on his throne? I do. He says, this is what happens. The one who's victorious. And then for, for some of you this morning, you come here this morning and Jesus is knocking. And you're looking through the blind and you're trying to decide, do I want to let him in? And this morning, and some of you, man, you're, you're fearful, and maybe you don't know why. I'm scared to let him in. I encourage you to, to share that during communion, man, to go to the respondent and say, hey, I, I, I hear him inviting me to, to, to walk with him and to love him, but I'm, there's something in me that's hesitant. We'd love to pray with you about that. So here's what I want to invite us to do. I want to, I want to invite us all to stand up right now. I'm going to pray for us, and then when I get done praying, if you want to get baptized, even if you didn't plan on getting baptized today, you can do that this morning. You can get baptized, you can receive prayer at the respond banner, you can take communion with your family, or you can take communion with the people that you are, are seated with, seating with, and, and we'd love to, to just lean into the Father this morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for these people, my sisters, my brothers. I ask God that you would help us to hear you knocking, hear you calling, and Lord, that we would let you in that we wouldn't struggle, we wouldn't resist, that we would receive you as the Savior, the Lord, the King that you are. And so God, would you move in our midst? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Let's invite us all. Let's respond to Jesus. Hear him calling right now, however you need to respond. There's communion all over the room, the bars, the tables. Get a piece of bread, cup of juice, come back to your seat. Pray with the people around you. Respond however you need to this morning. So glad that you're here. Love you all.